Hello, welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast. On this, I would love to, on this podcast of ours, um, we like to talk about games. But today we're talking about movies, because sometimes we do movies. Uh, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy, super big release. Everybody loves the one from 2014. Uh, and we've done a bunch of, I guess, we've basically done all of the Marvel movies since the yeah. podcast has started, I feel like. I think also all the DC movies except for Lego Batman. Oh, um, yeah, we did not do Lego Batman. Um, um, but yeah, just to get it out of the way up front, spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, all of this call. podcast. Also, um, I would highly recommend going in as spoiler-free as possible if you are, uh, thinking about any of those kinds of things it definitely works much better i think without spoilers yeah so here's your spoiler warning uh, i'm gonna talk maybe over for a little couple more seconds to give you time to turn off this podcast before we get into spoiler territory um and so right about now is by the time you should have turned this off so spoilers from here on out anyway um buddy yes uh, what was me. your what was your uh, general impression of the movie uh, I liked it. I, I actually liked it more than I thought I would. And I didn't like it at first in, in, uh, in like, but not in a, not in a mean sense, not in a, I didn't look like I hated it in a, in an apathetic sense, right? Like I just kind of didn't know how I felt about it. And then it kind of simmered with me over the last week. And I was like, ah, hey, you know what? That like, that ended up in a, pre a pretty good spot. I do not, however, think it is good or, uh, like, it is better, really, than the first one, is what I mean to say. I do think it is fundamentally good. I actually caught a lot of flack for this. I said it's about as good as Batman vs. Superman to a bunch of my to a bunch of other people, right? And they didn't quite understand my, uh, like, what my opinions on Batman vs. Superman were. Don't worry. I educated them thoroughly. Oh, oh good. <laughs> but, but when I opened it by saying, yeah, you know, like, yeah, it was about as good as, you know, I, I, Batman vs. Superman, right? Very good, very solid, uh, but with... <clears throat> But with flaws, right? Uh, and uh, not like small flaws, but like, uh, like, like, like big flaws that are kind of overcome by the other places in the movie that it's good. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, right? It's not sure. kind of like Logan, which was very pinprick flaws to me, right? Lots of little things just like, n like needled at me. Like I feel like this kind of this one has a couple of deep cuts, but it also does a lot of stuff really, really well. And so I, I kind of want to, uh, I almost kind of want to fight for it in in that sense. That said, I also think that uh, people think it is much better than it actually is, so I don't mind <laughs> taking them to task. All right, well, I, you've got the point, because I love the movie. I thought it was as good, if not better, than the first one. Um, I also think that it is a diff like a much different movie than the first one. Um, I think this is actually uh, probably the best movie, best definitely best superhero movie that's a character-driven movie rather than a plot-driven movie, right? Like, Oof. this is the best movie version of The Watchmen in kind of that way. If that makes if, if if that makes sense, like the movie version of the Watchmen, at least to me, was a very plot driven movie, which was very different from the comic. Um, and similarly, this 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 is a very character driven movie rather than a plot driven movie. Um, Boy, do I disagree with that. Well, actually, I, d I do agree that it's very character driven. I like that a lot. That's one of the things that that gets me on board. 
essentially. Um, but I think Watchmen is better. Um, which is no, kind of no fault of Guardians, right? Watchmen has the very best comic of all time fueling it, right? Like, you know, you kind of get you kind of get a little bit of a boost when when you're adapting that kind of material. But uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it was, uh, and I actually I also think that it did the kind the same kind of thing that like one of the things that I love most about the Watchmen movie is how the end of it gets changed. Um, and instead of going out, like, external, which is very typical, it is introspective. Um, the, the, the change at the end, so instead of the squid monster, which kind of doesn't make any sense in the content, the squid monster is a, is a commentary on kind of Silver Age wackiness, in a way. Um, but that doesn't make a lot of sense in the context of a comic book movie, um, like, like, there's just not that. There's just not that context for the readership, the the audience, right, or right. whatever. Um, so the change to make it all a ploy at um, Doctor Manhattan's, uh, like Doctor Manhattan's kind of dissatisfaction and disconnect from humanity. Uh, the, ironically, right, doubling back on his own reconnection to humanity that he finds with the Silk Spectre, that kind of dramatic irony, right? Like, I just, I, I, I'm all for that, right? And having the, having the final big, you know, like, tragic plot, plot point be a character-driven moment, uh, is, uh, like, that's one of the things that I think make that movie, uh, as special as it is. Um, uh, all right. I haven't seen Watchmen in, in many years, but I remember it being ex- exceedingly mediocre. We'll have to talk about that movie at, at another time. Um, just because maybe that's what we should do. We should rewatch it and talk about that. Probably yeah, it, it is also it is another one of these kind of uh, uh, it's another one of the, these Zack Snyder movies that got chopped up a bit in the theatrical cut. the uh, The director's cut is much better because they oh, add okay. in a lot of these smaller because the character bits. Like you know, you're right; it is character driven, um, and the character bits don't move the plot forward. In fact, I think that's one of the biggest criticisms that I have for Guardians among some. Like, like I think, I think the the movie handles some of its characters well, but some of them very poorly, um, and it has a lot of kind of script polish issues that go into making these things bad. I guess um, when it comes to like the the uh, like the character driven moments, um, but uh, but yeah, like the the director's kind of Watchmen adds a lot of that stuff back in, which is what makes it uh, which is what makes it better but yeah um i thought uh uh i thought the character stuff was uh i thought the character stuff was very solid i think my big criticism for what for guardians is script polish stuff to me there was a lot of stuff that felt like it needed two or three more passes right in order to more naturally integrate into the um like into the kind of flow and the pacing of the movie if that makes sense. I think there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of these kind of monologues. It happens like four times and it was really jarring. Like the, the first one I kind of get, cause a lot of the time you get one of these. Um, but then you started getting into these places where like th- now it's Yondu's turn to like monologue his, you know, like big character stuff. And now it's Mantis's turn. And now it's, you know, like Drax's turn. Right. Um, and just all of that just felt so weird. And I was like, Oh God, come on guys. You're better than. Okay. Can you go to detail on that? Cause I, th- none of those felt bad to me at all. And in, 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 in like, anyway, like the, the, I felt Yon, like I felt this could have been Yondu the movie 
almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt that he, tr- like, they tried to do a little bit too much with him. He's, like, two or three different characters' dads at once. Um, but, like, it's, hmm. I don't know. I, t- talk- I almost think, so I almost think the problem comes when the movie wants to give everyone an arc. Right, it wants to give all of the regular, you know, like uh, guardians an arc, except maybe Groot, um, and then it wants to add in all of these new characters and give them arcs too. And it's just like, listen, it's okay to have a character there who is a who is kind of one one note, right? Sure. And there is no and there is no arc to him, or or his arc is exceedingly simple, right? Um, and I think this is kind of what Rocket should have been in. I think the kind of, like, Rocket is trying to drive everyone away thing. I was like, you know, like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I don't know. I also thought the Gamora, the Gamora um, Nebula stuff was laughably awful. Just absolute trash. Um, really? so, so, so explain to me what, what, why you felt that way. I think the character dynamic that they were going for should have been... Uh, kind of a Goku Vegeta sort of thing, almost. Like I think a version of it where so like the whole that whole fight scene they have with like the ship and everything like that. Uh, like it was kind of cool, and I think James Gunn is best what he's doing fight scenes with ships. I think the ship stuff in here was great, but basically all of the other kind of uh, like all of the other kind of fighting wasn't. Um, but. Uh, it deadened the it deadened the kind of uh, the the conflict between the two like on a like because they can't talk to one another during the fight right and then and I think the fight should have been set up a little bit more besides her just flying in and starting sh- starting shooting right a version of that fight where Nebula lands gets out starts walking up to Gamora and is like all right. We're, we're gonna you know like we're gonna fight now here is me i'm gonna you know like and and we kind of have a little bit of an introduction there besides just yelling because it literally was just them yelling at each other for five minutes until the very end when they decided to like be friends i also thought that the thing at the end where they decided to brief be friends was not appropriately uh was like just not appropriately kind of like written and done i think at the end of it you know like this is a cathartic moment but it wasn't treated with any catharsis right nebula should be as first of all i think nebula should win right but not be lethal right um and I think Nebula should, should when she wins, that should feel great. You know what I mean? She's gotten the catharsis that she has been looking her whole life for to beat her sister, right? And then, and then once all, once that is there, oh my God, all of a sudden this, this shitty, this shitty insecurity that's like clouding my vision is now gone and clear and I understand how awful it is, right? That's the kind of like emotional one-two punch that was supposed to come there, but it just really didn't. It was just really bad, uh, which sucks. Yeah, not that I, I really think not uh, that I really think Gamora and, and like Nebula are like super great characters anyway, but I'm actually super surprised they didn't bring like they didn't bring more of kind of like the dad issues into it, given that that's like the theme of the whole movie. I yeah, exactly. That, that was the other weird thing. I was like, because I also think this kind of has like a natural kind of, uh, like a like a natural direction towards that stuff. And one of the things that I like so much about, um. 
one of the things that I like so much about Guardians is how th like thematically strong it is, right? It is all about it, the the first Guardians is kind of all about that like you know that like 90s sitcom thing like your family are the friends that you choose kind of thing um whereas this one is much more about the kind of like the father son father child parental kind of dynamics uh, that go that go into it and, and i really liked how that was incorporated into everything right you get a chance with with uh, as much as i think baby groot was kind of uh I didn't like Baby Groot all that I, much. I actually didn't either. I, I agree with you there. I thought I thought it was a little too like merchandise. You know what I mean? It was a little too like meme. -y. Like they were trying to like make me like a make a meme out yeah. of it. I just conceptually didn't like the idea that all of a sudden Groot is now like actually a baby rather than just a a small version of himself. Yeah, um, yeah, and I also thought that him being stupid was dumb. I guess. I mean, I you think know what I mean. Like, I think him being kind of like 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 dense is kind of like that's like how he was in the first movie too and i think it was fine there um i don't know i, I just didn't like the literal infantilization of him um yeah yeah definitely um you know. but like you know so but i also get it in the sense that like everyone literally babies hit like they take their turn parenting him right i you know like so like and i kind of get it and i think that the this like thematic through line is it's strong this is kind of the, it was it was ruminating on this that kind of got okay. me back on board with the movie after i saw it where i was kind of like well do i like this or not i guess i do right because you know like i think that and i think the stuff with ego i think the stuff with ego and star lord is also you know is also very very strong right i think this is the yeah. this is the core of it and i and i all of that stuff was great right star lord for instance um or not well both star lord a little bit and um ego had great versions of the kind of monologue that i'm talking about right but it was the versions that came from kind of these secondary characters because they wanted to make sure that drax had an arc and that rocket had an arc and that uh you know gamora and uh, and nebula had arcs Th those were the ones that kind of didn't quite work for me though i think there's okay, stuff I can, I can, to criticize inside of the yeah. Um, the ego star lord stuff so from my kind of perspective i think that like um i think that like the nebula gamora fight, i feel like they kind of relied on i feel like in a lot of these places they relied on tropes a lot and like mm -hmm. like i i sat there and like i saw kind of like i was like oh this is probably like when i saw it happen it was like oh that was kind of silly but you know i guess i kind of was watching the movie as kind of more of a a, a popcorn flick and i was like okay they did that i can i can kind of like look past that and look look to the better stuff but i see what you're saying um i i just kind of like accepted that as being like oh they're shortcutting this because i do one of the things i, I do think is a fair criticism is that there's they try and fit a little bit too much into this movie um in general uh ju just so so much kind of happens over over the runtime um mm -hmm. And, uh, and I don't, I don't know. The one thing I did want to address directly, though, is you said you didn't think any of the non-ship battles were great. If the, don't let me miss Yeah, oh, I think he's, I think he's pretty poor at, uh, directing action in uh, general. Oh, I, I think uh, the final, so, I mean, there's some bits in here that I did like, for instance, obviously, I liked it when he literally did kind of, like, shot, shot for shot callouts, uh, like, the whole thing with, um... Ego and Star-Lord fighting inside of the planet. There were shots in there that were just straight lifted from Man of Steel, 
Um, which is cool, right? Like, and, and it also makes a lot of sense because James Gunn is one of the, uh, like, kind of the premier people. Like, first of all, he's very active on Twitter, but he's one of these, he's kind of one of the premier people who's like, yo, this DC Marvel fanboy rivalry is really fucking stupid. I really love Zack and I think he does great stuff. And, you know, like, we are friends kind of thing. Like, I, I like that makes a lot of sense or whatever. But I also think he's, he does the, he has a really bad habit of cutting, um, of cutting too much inside of his action because he's afraid of the coverage, if that makes sense. Coverage is kind of like a, um, when you are, uh, like when you're shooting a, a, a scene from a whole bunch of different angles and then taking all of the different pieces from them. If you're afraid, if you're, um, afraid of having too little coverage and not having good enough stuff, you kind of end up like over, like ad adding in too many cuts and the cuts dead in the, dead in the impact of the action, if that makes sense. Because every time you cut, you have to like the viewer's eyes need to kind of like realign. Um, right. and so you want everything in the, in the master, uh, which is like the, the whole shot kind of end to end. You want as much in the master as you can possibly fit in there from an action perspective. And you only want to cut at like specific good important times right that makes sense um the, the only thing i wanted to, to to say about that in particular was is i thought that the 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 scene where yondu murders everybody on the ship was well done i really liked the way that that worked with the uh with the music oh see that you know that that was another thing right that kind of speed ramping uh this and the slow motion uh i thought that stuff was great i actually i really like james gunn james gunn is one of the only marvel directors i that i think of that has a real kind of unique um uh he, he has a, he has a very like unique look right like i can watch a james gunn movie and even though i don't like all of his films i really don't like super um because i think super is a kind of mean movie that's very mean about superheroes uh, but like you you can tell what is a james gunn film just by like watching it uh and that that is great that is awesome and i really like that marvel kind of was like all right we're gonna get away of kind of the hyper saturation that we they, we put into a lot of these other things uh and we're gonna let you be you a little bit uh yeah no that, that uh, um that makes sense he's also he 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 uh wrote and directed this film correct i am uh yeah he also he wrote it with somebody else I thought um, I thought he wrote this one by himself. I thought he wrote the first one with somebody else. I, you know, you might be right. Uh, let's take a look. Do do, do internet. Uh, do do right. Oh no, uh, Dan Ab. Oh, it was D D Dan Abnet has a writer's credit on it. Oh, that would make some sense. Uh, he's he's a comic book writer, right? He's a comic book writer, and he is very. Um, he's a comic book writer. Uh. So, so everybody else on this writer's credit list gets a based on or create or character created by rather than. Any, oh uh, yeah, there it is. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, he did write and direct it then. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, so I don't know if in terms of like, uh, auteurism, he's like the closest thing to a, to a to a straight uh, auteur. I think that, that that you get in these 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 movies, right? Because I think Joss Whedon was also very close. Joss Whedon wrote and directed both the Avengers movies. Um, the second one, which I think is is you know like very you know like the he is he is also kind of like on this auteur right, level right. for me. But like for instance, I think that the kind of uh, like the elevated TV directors that they got um also maybe kenneth branagh a little bit for thor one uh but like john favreau 
and um, uh, the uh, God, the Rousseau brothers, right? I don't think these guys are quite—they're uh, they're not quite like auteurs as much as they are like craftsmen, if that makes sense, right? Like, I think these guys are very good at shooting the movie that Kevin Feige or Fage, however you pronounce his name. Um, uh, who is the producer on all these movies. I think they are very good at shooting the movies that he wants, right? They are, and so they are very producer-driven kind of in that sense. But I think Guardians and I think uh, the first two Avengers movies were very director-driven in terms of like, you can really tell that this is a James Gunn or this is a, you know, this is a Joss Whedon thing. Right, right. No, I, uh, absolutely. Um... I do want to say, and I, you know, like, I also think... Um, I do want to say that there are pieces of this that, uh, like, I, I think I think there are some things that that didn't quite pan out because it just felt like there weren't enough, there wasn't enough time, or um, or maybe just even input. Like, I, maybe James Gunn is just like a worse writer than I've ever than like than I'm than this. I guess because like like for instance, I think the whole thing where Ego admits to putting the tumor in Star Lord's mom's head was laughably mishandled. Like oh, we huh. actually, I, <laughs> it was really funny because I compared this moment to the to the kind of like to the quote unquote Martha moment uh, in BVS for people, and that I understood. The, I I think the idea behind it is very good, but the fact that he just is like, yeah, man, I shouldn't have put that tumor in there was just like what when what? we were all we were all talking about. It, we were like, what the hell? Like he's like I think it should have been a little bit more. I think it should have been much more coy than that and a more of a slip up essentially than see, what he um than what what made it to the screen see i i think i i disagree with you there because he didn't say i shouldn't have done that he said that's why i had to do that like i think ego believes he's got chris pratt on board or, or rather star lord on board and that star lord understands like star he assumes that star lord will hear that and be like oh that makes sense right which is obviously a miscalculation on his part but i think that's consistent with ego's character right like i so to a certain extent i do agree with you um mostly from the conception of uh like there's this whole thing where ego is kind of misleading and like mega empathetic and then he kind of reveals afterward how little you know like he he reveals afterward um, that the, he, uh, 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 that the, like what he, what he kind of initially pitched was kind of not the full truth or whatever. Right. So there's a point of it where he kind of is like, okay, here's his facade and here's him actually telling Star-Lord what, what he means sort of thing. Um, I just think that that, that whole bit would have worked out much better. I mean, it would have been a little bit more cliche in this sense, but I think it would have been much better if it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, Star-Lord says, oh, or, or, or Ego says, you know, like, oh, I just, I loved her too much. I knew if I went back a fourth time, I wouldn't be able to, you know, to do whatever. Star-Lord says something, Ego says something that gives him the inclination, wait, what? What do you mean by that? Star-Lord figures out, holy shit, were you the one that put in the tumor? Ego says, stammering, oh, uh, I, I, th that's not what I mean. You have to understand, Star-Lord freaks out. I think that would have been much better, right? That kind of, like, that kind of cadence and, uh, and just, like, how, how direct it was. Um, even if, even if it is, even if it's, like, Star-Lord assumes based off of, like, the one cue, like, holy shit, you killed my mom, 
right right out of yeah, there. Right? So, that so, would have that would have worked that would have worked much better than me for me. Okay, so I, I was kind of reading it the opposite way, but I, I can I can see what you're saying. I think maybe the right answer is they should have leaned one way or the other. Like, I can also see a version of this where like he's not actually hiding anything. He just like doesn't like. Like, oh, I definitely, yeah, I, I think that's another way that you could definitely go about it, too, right? The, the kind of thing is, like, yeah, I mean, that's why I had to kill your mom, right? You know, like, just really, like, he, like, right, he, but that, that, that is kind of what he did. I think the issue is, is that before that, like, even before that, Ego himself doesn't, doesn't, do, like, doesn't do a lot of deception, right? He just doesn't say certain things, but I think that's kind of like a, yeah, well, I killed all my other kids because they didn't do anything, Right, but right. he just like never got to that point. I think that I think having Mantis run around as if it's a secret kind of plants the idea that he's being deceptive. But I don't think a lot of what Ego does is actually deceptive on its own. Like, I don't think he ever tells like a lie or even like a half truth. He just doesn't say parts of the things that I think can be reasonably excused by him just like you know, well, you didn't ask type of type of moments. Um, I mean, if you can remember one, I I just can't think of one. All all of the implication of deception, I think I think comes from Mantis with her whole like, oh, I should tell you something, Drax. Yeah, and I thought that stuff was all bad. Yeah, uh, I, I I can I can agree with that. Like I think I think the movie would have been better. Like for for instance, I think there is a salvageable version of um of the movie when it comes to Nebula and Gamora, right? Like I think you can rewrite those scenes to make them pop better but as they were they were bad essentially uh mantis i kind of am am like you don't belong here with mantis i feel like they just added be i actually think so the, the my my pitch for restructuring the movie is that i don't think drax should go with them to ego i think drax should be with rocket and do do this yondu stuff i think that would have been much better um because I think, like, I actually think Drax is great, and I, I really, you know, like, as much as I love the Drax in the comics, I kind of accept that this is not the same kind of guy, right. and we're not going to get that version of Drax. Um, and uh, and I think having him kind of be a little bit, uh, having him be a little bit like Hawkeye in Age of Ultron, where Hawkeye doesn't have an arc, but he is the supporting character who is who is kind of central and static and and secure with himself throughout so that other the other people in the movie kind of have someone to uh like rely on almost a little bit that would have been so you're that saying that he better. should have a space farm yes he should have a space farm absolutely i also think i also got i also got really hardcore whiplash it's a lot of it's it's the same kind of whiplash that that kills the middle part of uh, uh attack of the clones right where you have, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi is chasing down Jango Fett and learning all this new information, right? And that's intercut with Anakin and Padme just like, oh, we're in love now on, on Naboo, right? Sand. And, and, and yeah, and on one of those, right, there is just a rocket ship of plot, right? Um, and on the other one, there really isn't all that much. And I got the same feeling for kind of the Star-Lord and Ego stuff um, because, like, it, they it, it really feels like they only had Mantis in there to try and inject some tension into you know and try and oh this is it you know like this is not what it seems and then oh now all of a sudden we're at the place where like Ego killed all of his kids which I also think is stupid by the way. Um, well, uh, what do you think is stupid about that? Uh just like the mountain, just like the mountain of skulls oh, or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
and like them them discovering it right like i can kind of buy ego like being disappointed in all of these children that he's had because they weren't they they didn't carry this celestial gene or whatever like i i definitely get that but um uh I just I th- I thought the like the skull you know like the skull mountain was was shitty and I also think that the ego reveal would have worked a little bit better if it really did kind of come out of left field like because we are seeing you know because we are seeing the the mantis stuff and like Gamora's natural right like because we're seeing this kind of mantis stuff and there are these like real dramatic irony reasons that the audience has to not give it to not believe kind of like egos stuff i feel like you're not kind of 100% with star lord when you really should be right like i think i also think by the way that star lord should have gone after gamora for like okay <clears throat> sorry i'm getting, i'm getting like too many of these plot threads mixed up okay I think I think you want to get rid of Mantis, right? I think Mantis doesn't belong in here. And I think that all of the suspicions that Gamora has should not be f- like founded on evidence necessarily. If that makes sense, right? Right. And that Star- so that Star-Lord can very really say like, "Yeah, I understand that you had a really shitty relationship with your dad, right? But this is my dad and he's awesome." Kind of a thing, right? And the audience is with Star-Lord because all of the evidence points to Ego being super cool and awesome and right and now Star Lord is a celestial and he gets to go be God. That's cool, right? And then the reveal that the reveal that Ego is actually a piece of shit coming with this kind of like face heel turn of like that's why, you know, this is what I'm looking for. That's why I I killed your mom sort of stuff, right? All of the subtext that is very very really there in what in what Ego is doing right all of that takes on kind of new light and new meaning and now the audience gets to go through the exact same kind of uh like revelation moment that star lord gets to go to without having evidence from the other places to kind of already be doubtful yeah, if that makes uh, so, sense so i'm with you for most of that well, I, so i think mantis is is a fun character and i can forgive her for that i, I do agree with you that that she doesn't necessarily serve a ton of point in the movie um i've got some things to say about drax too but we'll wind back to this but on this point immediately how do you then like, so I think the way the reason it goes the way it does is because Ego does his 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 uh, face heel turn actually right before he tells um, Star Lord about the cancer. It's when he describes his plan to essentially assimilate the entire universe, which you know doesn't shock Star Lord out of his thing, right? Which is I think supposed to kind of like I think the point is supposed to be that him killing his mom is what does it, but I I feel like you can't. You can't have Star Lord not shocked out of it by the face heel turn, and have and, and like have that revelation come along with the audience because I don't think you ever sell the audience on 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 the oh assimilating the universe is okay point. Like I think they've already they already go through the revelation before Star Lord does it, if that's the way it goes, if that makes sense. Am I making sense? Or do I need to restate restate that? I think I get it. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty clear. Like for instance, all of this stuff with Aisha is pretty obvious i guess when it comes to like as as the kind of uh uh aisha like the yeah 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 like the whole thing in the beginning with i in with aisha where they're like shitting on aisha or whatever like who's, I who's aisha is, aisha is the priestess or whatever like the oh okay one, yeah, yeah, yeah right like their society for being homogenous is bad and the movie makes that point and kind of coming back to it with the assimilation stuff i think super works no no, no. so my point isn't that the assimilation stuff isn't bad it's that 
you're, you're saying that the audience will go through realizing the ego is an asshole at the moment that he kind of slips and tells, uh, tells uh, Star-Lord that he's given his mother cancer. However, Ego's face seal turn isn't at that point in the movie as it is. It's right before that when he talks about assimilating the entire universe, right? And so right. if you keep that structure in this this kind of re, re, uh, restructure that or repitch that you're talking about, um, the audience has already turned on Ego, albeit maybe 30 seconds, before Star-Lord does. And I don't think you... Like, you, you talk about if you align it this way... Um, if, if you, you know, if you make everything kind of like make star or ego rather seem innocent up to the point when he reveals his mom is cancer, that you, that the audience goes through, goes through the revelation with star Lord. Um, however, if you keep the reveal that he plans to assimilate the entire universe before the reveal that he gave star Lord's mom cancer, the audience goes through that revelation before star Lord does. I think you lose the impact there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, to me, those moments are just kind of... Those things are kind of close enough that uh, it's all one It's all one bit, um, essentially. Um, but uh, I really, I guess, so to kind of frame this a little bit in, in your context, I think walking into the point when ego... And maybe I'm just too, you know, like I'm too um, kind of... Uh, like maybe this works better for like a general audience and not necessarily for me, but walking into that point where um, your where ego says I wasn't entirely honest with you, I have this whole other plan for myself kind of thing, right? That to me was was obvious. It was so obvious when the other shoe was going to to kind of drop, right? But I think I think that whole sequence that that goes on that whole scene. Um, you know, like where Star Lord goes all like starry eyes or whatever, um, and is and is learning what ego is actually trying to get at, sort of thing. Uh, that stuff all works. Uh, that that stuff would all carry carry the reveal enough that it would kind of work, and you can look back a little bit and be like, oh my god, yeah, like the stuff that that ego is explaining really does sound like shitty and awful but because i had already been primed with this whole mantis thing right and and uh and like gamora and drax and all that other kind of stuff i had already been primed to understand that ego is not as cool as he seems that reveal was just kind of i, I don't know it was a little muted for that see so I, I'm, I'm gonna offer a defense here because um kind of when, when gamora and, and and peter quill have their their fight um I kind of rolled my eyes, and uh, the, the the quote from the uh, the Your Movie Sucks review of of, of Zootopia, you know, like yeah. you know, oh, and they have to have their fight in the third act because they have to have their fight in the third act for no reason, right? Like I kind mm -hmm. of, and like I feel like a lot of this was was very tropey, and I think it might have been intentional because you know, as they're walking into the scene, right? I uh, this is where you know Ego reveals his evil plan, and we find out he's the villain, right? But the like. The moment where he he puts a tumor in Peter in in in, uh, in Peter's mom's brain that caught me off guard. Like I wasn't expecting that until like you know, until like as he was about to say it, and I think that had a lot of impact at least. And I think that might have been what he was going for, right? Like like 
there's this, you know, in, in kind of the same way that this movie is a very character-driven movie rather than a plot-driven movie, I think maybe he's trying to lead us in kind of this very classic storybook direction, our expectations, down the garden path of, like, this is the way a comic book story goes, and then kind of do a hard right turn with the personalizing element to make it really more about Star-Lord than it is about, like, the, the actual kind of plot, which is kind of, in a lot of ways, paid lip service to at the most anyway, right? Like, we get, like, a flashback to Earth and Nova with, like, this these yeah. expanding tumor things. like Okay, that's a little... That's actually kind of a little fair. I do actually see what you're getting at, and I think that's... Uh, uh, I'm kind of on board. I'm kind of on board with that perspective. Though I will say... Um, man, I, I was thinking of something else when you started, but I can't remember what... Uh, God, I can't remember what I was going to make or what point I was going to make. See, I think, I think the other thing that works about... Um. Fuck, God, what was I going to say? Well, I've, I've got. No oh, so, see, I think the thing that works about the Gamora, uh, um, the Gamora Star Lord fight is that it's not contrived, right? I think sure. there is a very real, un like, subtext there, and I, and you know, and it sucks they didn't make more out of it, but the version of it where. Gamora says, I, you know, like, I don't trust him. And Star-Lord says, you're only saying that because your dad is Thanos and, you know, and you have, like, shitty unresolved issues. I think that version of, like, the fight is a very good one, right? Because that is, that is built on, like, the, you know, here are these kinds of, here, here are the, the hang-ups and, uh, and the perspectives of these characters, right? What I hate is in that kind of, like, the Your Movie Sucks way where it's, like, the, the third, the third act fight only happens the end of second act fight only happens um when or because, because i guess because it has uh, to yeah because it has to and it's a very contrived reason like in the middle of zootopia right dude fucking judy and nick just had a conversation about how not racist she is and then she says something that's quasi racist and nick jumps to that really insane conclusion like that is it, it's just that doesn't make that just doesn't make any sense yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I, I agree. Um, uh, I did want to rewind to Drax for a second, though. Um, okay. Because uh, I, I actually do think he, he is mostly a... I don't think Drax actually goes through an arc in this movie. I mean, like, I think he is kind of that strong character that everybody can kind of just bounce off of in this movie. He just has, like, a moment of kind of, like, revelation about his character with mantis like he, he doesn't change he doesn't go through anything he just kind of reveals a little bit about himself but i do it like like so i i think he does kind of fulfill the role that you that, that you say he should but i also do think that that moment kind of comes out of nowhere and is kind of unnecessary I'll, I'll, oh interesting see for me the if so for me this whole kind of um uh this whole kind of Thing with like like Drax's arc is about kind of like accepting his like family sort of thing or whatever again right and like adopting essentially Mantis as like this daughter that he lost or whatever and that's what that that is what I think his arc uh is and is bad I guess uh, see, I, but I but I'm sort of but I am I am sort of with you right like like I think he's very at peace with the other guardians essentially yeah um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. I, I didn't read it that way when I watched the movie, but now that you pointed out some, some quotes that I thought this seemed kind of out of place, maybe make a little bit more sense through that context. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and I, you know, and 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 I also kind of wish that I actually don't necessarily mind that everyone gets these arts, but I really kind of hate that they are that these arcs are not at. Um, I don't know that they're not bigger than than that. I guess, like like. Uh, I feel like these arcs, that, that's a bad way of putting it. Really what I'm trying to say is I feel like these arcs should be more about our main characters than about these secondary characters, right? Instead of saying, okay, well, we're going to give Yondu to Rocket, and we're going to give Mantis to Drax, and we're going to give Nebula to Gamora, and we're going to give... Uh, uh, and we're going to give Ego to Star-Lord, and these new, these essentially kind of, quote-unquote, new characters are going to be the ones that, that that give these guys their arcs. That seems weird to me. I really wish it was, um, I guess I just wish it was the opposite uh, and I and I wish like it was you know Drax and Rocket rather than Drax and Mantis and then Yondu and Rocket if that makes sense. See, uh, so I think that I think that Rocket's arc is is kind of like it's kind of nothing. Like it, it, I hesitate to even call it shitty because it's just kind of nothing. There's like a line about how he's always dick, and then Yondu tells like says why are you a dick, and he explains to him why he's a dick. And, like, I think that that, that could have just kind of been cleanly cut out of the movie and it not been yeah. a problem. I think kind of, like, the... You also have to cut out a little bit of the setup with, like, Rocket being a huge piece of shit to, uh, to like, Star-Lord in the beginning. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I think the, the Yondu-Rocket scene functions as kind of, like, secondary exposition as to kind of, like, you could have done more to build Yondu up as, like, Star-Lord's dad... You know, like, that, that kind of dad-father dynamic, right? Like, I felt like they, they could have, like, you could have used the um, the, the time that Yondu has with Rocket to, to build it up more than they did and just basically, do, like, like, they did a little bit of it, right? Like, they, like, Yondu explains to Rocket why, um, like, what was happening with the kids and, and what happened with Yondu's whole, uh, whole subplot. And I actually really liked Yondu's subplot. Oh, I do, too. I, I really like Yondu a lot. He, he very much falls into the kind of, uh... Um, he falls into the orbit of the Ego Star-Lord stuff that I think is very strong. And he has the benefit of being with Rocket in this whole, like, the Ravagers mutiny thing, which I thought was, all like, from a plot perspective, I thought all of that stuff was very, very strong. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. Um, was there something else there that I had? Um, what did you think of... Uh, of uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, I like Sylvester Stallone mostly because I think uh, the perspective that you get um, for his for kind of like Yandu is also kind of gets like abandoned by his dad essentially. Um, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I thought I thought that that was just I thought that that was nice I thought that was you know that was kind of neat and I think that the kind of the vindication at the end for Yondu for kind of like a doing the right thing and he gets his Ravager funeral or whatever like I thought all that was kind of like important to underline you know like the uh, uh, underline the uh, you know the, the, like that Yondu is the good guy and Ego is the bad guy even though initially you think that they have an op like the opposite relationship to yeah. Star Lord, um, good, like good dad, bad dad. 
Um, are you familiar with the character that Stallone is supposed to be Stokar or something like that? No. Okay, I'm actually not, not super familiar with a lot of these. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with a lot of these, like, celestial Marvel characters. Okay. Um, like, I read, like, Annihilation and some of the stuff that came afterwards. But, like, my big favorite Annihilation – or the, my big favorite, like, celestial characters are uh, – like, I love the Silver Surfer, uh, who obviously can't come into any of this because that sucks. And, uh, and I'm all about – you know, like, I really like Drax, and I really love Rona and the Accuser, and it really sucks to me. Like, that was one of the things that really turned me off to the original Guardians, even though I kind of think that that's a little bit more a me problem than a that movie problem, um, is, like, how different Ronan was to what I wanted him to be. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, I, I think in, in kind of general, there was, uh, there was a, a, a problem. Um, sorry, I, I lost my... Uh, I thought in general there I think I think in general rather for Guardians that um they did a lot of character changes that kind of in, in some ways disappointed me right like you see it with Drax you see it with Gamora you even see it with Star-Lord a bit right like they they are all radically different characters than they are in the comic uh along with Ronan who who's a, a lot more sympathetic um but I I think in general um I think you've said it before Marvel has a problem with villains um, yeah, and I think Ego is probably the best Marvel mi villain that they've ever done, which I was really, I was really all about that too. That's another thing that really got me on board uh, with kind of like liking this movie is that the villain wasn't kind of tossed by the wayside in the way that it has been in previous Marvel movies, uh, and they really integrated him like not just kind of into the plot uh, of the, you know, like of the movie, but um, you know, like into the kind of like the character uh, growth essentially. Um, I thought all of that stuff was, I thought all of that stuff was awesome, right? Like, like this is kind of my thing about, uh, this is kind of my thing about a lot of the older, you know, like Marvel movies is that they didn't give their villains enough time and they didn't properly like integrate, like you could have subbed out Loki for literally any other guy leading those Chitauri in the Avengers movie, right? Really at the end of the day, they didn't make a very good case for why Loki specifically is in that movie. But when you look at Ego, right? yeah man like he is super you can't you just can't inter, you can't take him out uh you can't take him out and like sub in another villain in that spot like he, it is so specific to kind of um uh the stuff that's going on which is what which is what i which is what i found uh best i guess okay that makes sense um well while you were going while you were talking about that i looked it up and uh Stallone's character is a character called Starhawk. Uh, that's that's the character name for Stakar Ogord, um, which is the character he played, um, who is a character who, like, at some point his brain gets sent back in time, and he 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 his his adult brain gets put into his infant self over and over again. Sounds like a weird character. Uh I don't know. Do you think we'll get a cameo team uh, movie? Because uh, the I don't know if you noticed, but the other, um, the other, the other I did, and yeah, it was Michelle Yeoh and Ving Rhames. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think so, but I think maybe like I could see a version of it where like Guardians Three is all about the Ravagers. I don't know. I really wish they would do. Uh, Man, like, I just really wish they would do some other stuff. I It also depends on what their rights are. Like, I would love to see Annihilus, you know what I mean, in, like, the Annihilation wave and everything. 
Um, but uh, I feel like he must be it, like packaged inside of the Fantastic Four rights for Fox because Annihilus is originally a Fantastic Four villain. But they could also I also feel like they could just sub out Annihilus with plenty of other. Um, I don't know. I don't know how. I feel you know about what it. I really want to see? I want to see Jack Flag. Oh, Jack Flag! No way, dude. Why? Do, how do you wait? Is Jack Flag in space now? Um, he was in the prison that I think I forget who gets sent to the prison, but during during one of the Annihilation Wars, um, they Jack Flag is in like a wheelchair and like he somebody gets sent to prison and they, they all bust out of prison. Dude, no, you're super right, dude. He's with, he, like, is with the Guardians of the Galaxies, apparently. I love Jack Flag. I love that kind of, like, loose cloth on your face mask yeah, look. Yeah. I think that looks great. Um, it was Star-Lord. When Star-Lord was sent to prison 42. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, that, I forget wow. that whole, I forget that whole thing. But yeah, Jack Flag, I just, you know, like, like, all these side characters. I don't know. What I bet's gonna happen with 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 Stallone and and, and the cameo team. I bet mm. you they like show up in the background of like, uh, Infinity War or something, right? Like they're like, there's like a big like. I bet you at some point there's a big scene where everybody bands together, um, because that's like the big team up movie, and they're like one of the teams off to the side. Yeah. These, um, um, I think they're going to be perpetual cameos in, in the movies, um, but you know that'd be fun, uh. Sorry to kind of lead us down a tangent path, but uh, I was I was I was I was incredible. I was very curious. Um, I do think that um, I never thought I'd see Ego in a movie, and I think this was a great way to do him. Oh, I think this is a fantastic way to do him. I also like that they uh, just like from the kind of world building perspective. I really like that they made uh, the like they they like introduced the Celestials kind of concept here. Um, because obviously it's about to play uh, like a big role in Thor Ragnarok with the Collector and the Grandmaster, um, and then uh, uh, you know like Thanos kind of like touches on touches on some of this stuff, I guess. Um, though I am like eternally pissed that they can't seem to do a good fucking Thor movie for their lives. Uh, yeah, well, well, maybe maybe the new one will be good. It's got a. Uh... The new one it will probably be good just by virtue of it being like it will be a good movie just by virtue of it being like Thor gu Guardians of the Thor Galaxy Thor Thordians of the Galaxy you know you what I mean like Guardians they are they, just Thor? making Guardians of the Galaxy with fucking Thor as far as I'm concerned right like that's all that trailer showed me and I'm really what, what Thor should be Thor should be Lord of the Rings but in as you know like but like with with superheroes you know what i mean that's what it should be um but they just they've whiffed kind of twice on that um and uh yeah i mean actually i think the first one i actually think the first thor is pretty good uh on rewards but it, on rewatch but it kind of has like the uh i also think this is a problem for like man of steel and other movies right like where it, it is a little too convoluted um on the first time and so you really need to know what's going on and when you rewatch it with that knowledge, all of the kind of like, wait, what is, is like goes away almost like it's a, it's a much smoother second watch than it is like a first watch, I guess. Okay. That makes sense. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. what, what do you think of the, the planet Hulk stuff? Uh, I'm, I'm all about the planet Hulk stuff. I also feel good about the planet Hulk stuff because I've, I, I'm not a huge Hulk guy in general. I think I can agree um, with that. 
but I think Planet Hulk is a very good way to do the Hulk. Um, I don't think the Hulk should have another movie, and I actually agree that I re I really really have to have to agree um, with uh, with anyone that kind of says that the Hulk shouldn't have another solo movie. Right? They've tried twice. I like the Incredible Hulk a lot, uh, and I think it is kind of the best that you're ever going to get. Which, which Hulk is that? Uh, the Incredible Hulk with with Edward Norton. Okay, Ed Norton. Okay. Um, and he, you know, he fought the Abomination. It was very good. It was very, it was, it was very good. I actually really like that movie, that movie a lot. But I don't think it just, I just don't think it has a lot of wide, like large scale appeal. I think all, the Hulk only has appeal in the context of like the other, the other characters. Is 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 uh, is that Hulk canon to the MCU? Yes. Okay. That Hulk was actually kind of, it was very strange, like, whether or not he was canon. Um, but the reintegration of Thunderbolt Ross, um, William Hurt in Avengers Civil War, has re-canonized that okay. Hulk. It, it just went through an actor switch with Mark Ruffalo instead of yeah. ignoring In fact, actually, to be honest with you, um, it is also kind of questionable... Um, whether certain aspects of that, like certain aspects of the uh, that Hulk movie, are still canon, you know what I mean? Like, um, it they don't mention the kind of the abomination and Hulk fight that happens in the middle of, you know, New York City at the end of that movie, for instance. So it may be that they're just reusing, you know, like it may not be like one to one canon. It's okay. not super, um, yeah. Oof. Okay, that makes sense. But anyway, getting getting back to Guardians, um, did did, did uh, um, did you like? I something I, I wanted to point out that I thought was really good was like I I really love this kind of uh the, the use of music right like the 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 kind of theming around the, these these movies around um around uh kind of soundtracks. Um, mm -hmm. by the way, I loved the fucking Zune joke. I thought that was great. Um, <laughs> uh. uh uh, but um, uh, I I think that they did. I just wanted to point out that I think they did a great job with with the song selection as well. Although I was, um, uh, what, what's what's the song? I was I was surprised they didn't use. I think it's it's Cat's Cradle is what I'm thinking of. Um, you know the the song about the dad that never has the time for his kid. I figured that would have been like I, I, I like as soon as I like saw the themes, I I, I assumed that that was gonna be in there, but it didn't make it in there. Um, uh, I don't. Know. I thought it was great. Fair enough. I love, uh, I yeah, love I Brandy, too. I think I, I, I thought it was great, too. I really like the kind of sinister reveal where he is, um, where, it, like, like this is a little bit of what I mean by, like, they had enough subtext, right? Like, when Ego is explaining why he was like, oh, but my love was the, was the sea or whatever in this, yeah. in this song or whatever. Like, the kind of, like, the shitty undertones to it. Um, and uh, that, like that, that worked. That worked very well for me. I do also love the kind of like the musicality of these, uh, of these movies, and I think that uh, I think that that's strong. I think that that's great. I really loved the opening thing with fucking uh, Groot, like his whole dancing or whatever over the opening credits. I thought that was great. I was super on board. Um. Yeah. No, I, I'd agree with that. Well, speaking speaking of, what, what did you think of the, this 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 whole Golden People plot? Like, which I kind of assumed at the start of the movie was just going to kind of be like the, the, this is what the Guardians do now thing. And then immediately. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fake out of it, um, to be honest. And I also like, as, as an introduction for Adam Warlock, 
who is not a character that I know very much about. You know, like he's not yeah. a character that I know a lot about or pay attention to, but I know he is important. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I, you know, I, I, I liked it. Uh, I liked it as a, as like a good reason for, uh, kind of like breaking them up a little bit. Um, Oh yeah, that makes sense. In a weird way, I kind of wonder if I would have liked this movie a little bit better if they did the kind if they instead of kind of intercutting back and forth, they kind of did a they 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 took okay, so here's here's like you unthread those two plot lines, right? Like Star-Lord and Ego and then Rocket and uh, Yondu or whatever, and then you do them back to back instead of like, like you have the whole thing with the Ravagers showing up and they capture all of the Guardians and all of the Guardians p- participate in this mutiny and then Ego shows up and then you go to Ego's planet and find out that he's kind of like the real bad guy. I wonder if that would have been better, like structurally. Mm. I feel like it might have been a little bit harder to justify, like, the way things went. Um, but I see what you're saying. I think I think you kind of also have to get to, you have to get to Ego first. You can't introduce him yeah. that late. That that structure probably fails on that on that perspective. Um, yeah, I really wish Drax went with. I I I hated that Drax. Drax is such an awesome ca- kind of character, right? Like Drax's whole thing from um, I guess my perspective is uh, um, like what I like about it, it's like like his his powers are just I kill you real good. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I just stab you a lot with daggers, and I'm really strong, and stuff bounces off my skin, and that's why I'm naked. You know, like, and I wanted to see him just like kick a little bit more ass. I agree with that. Uh, and I think, and I think that's that's another bit of why I would have liked him to be inside of the Yondu stuff. Oh, uh, by the way, I also want to mention that they killed Yondu, which is great. I love that. Like, I'm super on board. Finally, a fucking Marvel movie where like people don't just like walk away for, uh, uh, for free. You know. Yeah, and I I noticed they were very careful to set up things. So, like, you know, they had Star-Lord's helmet break in the middle of the fight. That way he couldn't do, like, the... the yeah. To put the helmet on. Like, they, they made very sure that they that, that, that Yandu dying was a thing that, that, that could happen. Like, the way that he died, rather, was a thing that could happen. And um, it wasn't one of those things. I mean, I, you know, I, I, would, I would qualify this as nitpicky bullshit. Um, you know, like the kind of thing where, oh, why don't they just you, you know, like why doesn't Star Lord just give him this thing or whatever, right? Like, yeah, I am a big fan of that kind of attention to detail. Though I will say, it really fucking bugs me how many times Drax used metaphors when his whole character can't do that. Apparently, I was so pissed about that. <laughs> I, I whispered to Rachel. I whispered. I whispered to Rachel when we were watching. Um, because there was this whole point when when she was like, or when he was making this thing about, it, he was like, you know, like, oh, if someone were to have come up to him, they would have thought she was dead. And I was like, Drax is a definitionally literal speaker. He doesn't get metaphor. Why is he making this metaphor? I was so mad about it. <laughs> um, but whatever, uh, that's nitpicky. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I I mean, I feel like I could argue on that, but I don't think it's worth the the effort. 
Um, I, yeah, I, I hate it because when people point out shit like this in other movies, I get on them. I'm just like, that is so minor. Come on, man. Like, that's, you know, like, that's nitpicky. And so when I notice it and it bugs me, I yeah. kind of have to be, like, doubly, like, like Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I get it. Um, I, I think it's just one of those things where, like, I don't know, even even if it is technically nitpicky, if it, if it, if it, if you look at it and you and, and it bothers you, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, you you can't have it unbothered you, right? Like it takes it breaks your suspension of disbelief in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, uh, the only other thing I wanted to bring up was um, Sean Gunn's character, which I thought was like a little bit weird, but I, I kind of liked, I guess, the the uh, the um, Cracklin. Yeah, I think yeah, his name yeah, was? yeah. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. Yeah, I uh, I I also very much liked like the whole taser face thing. I thought that was hilarious. Um, I thought actually, to be honest with you, I thought there were a little too many. Uh, there were a few too many jokes uh, in the movie. It did the it did the very classic Marvel thing of undercutting the uh, like the tension with a joke. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, you know, like for instance, that whole duct tape thing. Oh, I thought that or scotch tape. I thought that was so dumb. Yeah, it was. It was overplayed. It was very overplayed. The version in the trailer was actually hilarious, right? The one where he was like, "Do you have some tape?" And he was like, "No, like you're the one that has things. You're supposed to have tape or whatever." Um, Hell, I thought of, I was the joke I was expecting was like, "Why do you even have that button on the bomb?" Which they didn't do. Which which I thought was yeah, a, yeah. That also would have been like uh, and it would have been shorter. Been a good joke, yeah. Um, although like. I thought the joke itself was way too drawn out, but I I did think the sub joke of Drax asking if Scotch tape would work and, be, and being like like I just thought that that I know, it's stupid, but that little sub joke made me laugh. Like, wh- yeah, no, that I, okay, that sh- sub joke did make me laugh too, um, but uh, yeah, God, yeah, it, it just went on so long, and I was just like, it just killed all of the uh, like I like the. Uh, like the tension, yeah. I guess. And this isn't new. That you know, like this isn't really a Guardians of the Galaxy thing. This is also this happens in a lot of Marvel movies. Yeah. Um, and the Guardians of the Galaxy, like this movie, was much better about setting the stakes um, very high in the first place. Uh, so, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Mm. Do Do you think that? Um. Do you think that? Just to wind it back to what I originally said. Do you think that Kraglin's going to be a, a recurring? recurring character in you- oh right yeah shit uh yeah I, you know he might be i don't know he really likes to give his brother work i guess yeah um, he also he also is in like one of the post-credit scenes whistling around with the arrow um i kind of just assu- i mean i don't know i i kind of assumed that that was just kind of funny like that was just like a funny joke that sure. they thought of but he, he was um, he was he was in the movie a lot like a lot a yeah. lot so I feel like it'd be weird. Like I feel like he's in this weird quasi state because I don't know if they ever like say his name in the movie, but he's got such an important role in the movie. Like I don't know. He also called Star Lord Captain, so I, I guess I, I guess that's he's gonna be part of it. Um, yeah, it's a good. I don't know. I definitely like. I I am I am super into. Um... What are you super into? It's a way to let them have that arrow in the movie again without, while still keeping Yondu dead. That's true. I do like the arrow, but uh, so in, in a way, I'm very poppins, y'all. Um, <laughs> in a way, I very much like the kind of like the face 
the the heel face turns that are going on. You know what I mean? Uh, there was a quick Twitter exchange with uh, with like James Gunn and I guess you know like some some famous guy like the create. Oh, you know what it was? It was the creator of Jackie Chan Adventures, and the, and James Gunn uh, was talking about turning bad guys into good guys and how right like you know like you have the power to change yourself from your bad ways or whatever and the the Jackie Chan Adventures guy was like yeah I do I put that in, like in all of my movies right you know like Toru becomes a good guy in in Jackie Chan Adventures for instance um but um uh I think it was a little overboard when you did it with so many characters kind of simultaneously a little bit this is what this is a little bit of what like bugged me about i guess uh um this is a little bit about fucking god what the hell is his name uh i'm having the worst i'm having like i just keep thinking of these things and then what, I lose what, them. what's the context i i was just um what what did he do it in that made you furious God, I don't know. I just lost it. Um, the uh, uh, that guy in that film, awesome. Yeah, so I I think they might follow that same thing through with with Sean Gunn. Is the point? That's the point I'm making. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I also like Yandu. I think I I Yandu. I, it was very nice that they brought him back because I liked him a lot in the first one. I and agree. I'm glad that they they fought. They tied up that like loose end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Essentially. Oh, I I saw somebody else say essentially like. Um, you know, after he like straight up murders everybody else in the ship, you kind of have to kill him, um, because he's a little bit too, more like morally compromised to keep around oh, for I, a while. Oh, jeez, I don't know that I. For, I mean, first of all, they set up that all of Yandu's like sympathizers were like spaced or whatever. Um, except for Craglin, because he's the ex- one that's yeah. Woke except up. for yeah, him yeah. and uh, and dude, fucking everybody murders everybody. That's true. In there's so much killing in that movie. Uh, I mean, and to be fair, there's a lot of killing in Guardians 1, too, right? Like, there's just lots of dead people, but... Um, but th- there's not, like, bodies falling from the sky to the tune of Come a Little Bit Closer by Jay Black and the Americans. Sure, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever. It does kind of it does kind of bother me that people uh, that that people always get about get on uh, like I I am I am a believer that there is kind of like a like a bias against uh, some of these DC movies in a, in a version like that like people get on uh, Superman and Batman for this stuff but nobody cares when Iron Man or like the Guardians obviously like do do you know like I'm, shit like this I think part of that is. I think part of that is that uh, a big part of Batman's character is he doesn't kill people, right? Like, that's, like, a, a th- that is a, a thing that is more inherent to the character, I think, definitely than the Guardians. Um, Iron Man... Oh, sure, sure, I'm sure, I yeah, definitely, right? But the Guardians kill, like, hundreds of people, right? Like, if you were to, like, if you were to go through both movies in detail, sure. everyone that fucking, like, Rocket or whatever shot, or, you know, like, all this kind of stuff, right? Uh, and so it's a little bit of I don't know it's a little bit of like degrees I guess. Uh, but anyway, did you have any other things you wanted to talk about with Guardians? Nope, I'm uh, I am I'm good. I'm on board. I'm actually kind of glad that I came around to it. I was a little afraid. Uh, I I was so busy kind of viewing it almost clinically um, during the movie itself. I wanted to see whether or not I thought it was good before whether or not I like would like it 
I guess, uh, that I was almost a little like, I wonder if I'm going to come out of this movie liking it or not liking it. Um, and so I'm glad, I suppose, that we got to a point where uh, we did, right, where I kind of am like, yeah, I'm on board with Guardians 2. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, how, how was your week? <sighs> That's a good question. I didn't do much. I played World of Warcraft. We did not play Hell's Rebels because uh, I needed to prep for going to Vegas with a bunch of people. Uh, have you ever, you know, actually talking about Vegas, um, I am incredibly surprised at how many licensed, like, slot machines there are. It's even for, like, games and shit. Is this something that, like, you ran into at all? Like, doing, I, I didn't gamble at all this weekend, but, um. Um, I mean, I, I don't like gambling that much. Mostly because, um, every time I do a slot machine, it's like it's a shitty video game. Um, like a very shitty video game, one where you can't yeah, control that, the Yeah, that is... That is exactly how I felt about it, to be honest. Which is why I was just like, you know what, I'm just not going to. I can't help but see, like, the Skinner box bad design of it, essentially. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, I, I enjoy, I enjoy, um, what was it? Uh, I enjoyed Roulette the one time I did it, just because it was a very social thing. Like, I went with a couple friends, and then there were other people at the table. It was kind of like a group camaraderie thing when, when we won or whatever. Um, hmm. um but, uh. But, like, the slot machines don't have any of that because you're playing by yourself. Um, I think... So, um, apparently, I heard this, I think, through uh, Super Bunny Hops podcast because they were talking about pachinko machines, uh, which are also have a lot of branding on them. Um, but in Vegas, they might have just legalized games of skill um, in casinos like that you can bet on. Um, like, like essentially like more video gamey type games. So maybe we'll get a better version of the slot machine, um, soon. Uh, mm -hmm. but I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not a huge fan of Vegas, um, in, in general, just cause like, Oh really? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like the things I wouldn't, I enjoy there are like, I don't really like gambling and Whenever I go there, I kind of, like, in, indulge in a lot of different food. But all, the food there always seems kind of generic because it's all, like, a lot of it is, like, chains Dude, and stuff. that is exactly what, uh, the, it, you know, it was funny because um, when we went and we were doing a couple of, uh, uh, we were figuring out a couple of uh, places to eat or whatever. And I just, I we got to, like, the third day and we had been, and, and there was a big plan to go to one of those Brazilian, like, churrascarias, right? Uh, where they run around, like, Fogo, um, Fogo de Chao. Um, and, uh, and, but we had made alternate plans to go to an Indian restaurant because I like eating Indian food with a lot of people, you know, like, getting a bunch of things for the table and everybody kind of, like, mixes and matches and shares and stuff like that. Um, but it turned out to be fucking amazing because I didn't realize that all of the little things that we were going to have access to eating, like, oh, let's go, what do you guys want to get for lunch? I don't know, what do you want to get for lunch kind of things. Like, they were invariably, like, steaks. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was just, it was just all around me. And after I had had, like, two steak sandwiches and, you know, a bunch of burgers in a row, the, the idea of sitting down and being like, all right, I'm going to get fucking, like, paneer tikka masala, right? And just eat, like, you know tofu kind of thing it just it was so great but the even this indian place which was which was right on the strip or whatever was super like tucked in the back essentially and it felt like every restaurant that i passed was a steakhouse 
And I was just like, God, how the fuck can you people eat this many steaks? Like, God damn. Yeah, I, I, I find that, like, other than, like, the in, like, the, the, the restaurants that are in, like, the, the kind of, like, headlining restaurants in the, in the, um, in the different hotels, they tend to be a little bit more, uh, like, of, of the generic sort, right? Like, I, 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 uh, I, I saw through, I heard through the grapevine that you guys went to that big IHOP, um, or at least maybe Enoch did. Uh, yeah, 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 he did, he did. Um, which, but like, you know, there's an Outback right on the strip, and there's like a, a, uh, Cheesecake Factory in, in, uh, Caesar's Palace. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, cool, it's like fun to indulge, but like, a lot of these places are either places I can go wherever I am, or like, nothing that special, um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I was also very not on board with the uh, like, like the buffets and everything. I actually thought I would get into a buffet, but when it was like forty dollars, I was just like, so, so, what? So the thing, the thing that I've found about the buffets at Vegas is, I've heard there are a couple of good ones, but most of them are kind of trash, um, and you have to go to like the really good ones in order to, for it to be a great experience. Yeah. Oh, do, and by the way, where do you guys stay? We stayed in the Mirage. Uh, I've stayed in the Venetian twice. I stayed in I stayed in Trump Tower once. Oh uh, god! <laughs> um, but Trump Tower is kind of off strip. It's like it's like down. Yeah. Um, it's also not nothing special. Um, I, I stayed. Is it just cheap or something? Um, I I had I had a thing. I got a deal where like I listened to somebody pitch a timeshare at me, and they put me up for oh. free or oh, for like super wow. cheap, it was, like, fifty bucks <laughs> or something. That's um, funny. And. Uh, the uh and i also stayed when i went to evo i stayed like off strip in like a motel which was a weird experience i wouldn't recommend that i'd recommend going for like a a, i recommend that if you're going to vegas even if it's for like a special event to stay in one of the hotels on the strip or or maybe not even if they're not on the strip one of the one of the kind of like premier hotels um like the uh like like a venetian or an aria or a win um, otherwise, it's just kind of not worth it. Um, I don't know. It's a weird city. Yeah, I, I really liked uh, I really liked the Mirage just because we hung out in the pool the whole time. Essentially, uh. like we went to the pool all three days, and one of them we just spent like literally the whole time there. And from the uh, and from the kind of perspective of I'm going to Vegas to hang out with my friends. Uh, instead of like gambling or anything like that or whatever, uh, the I just like hanging out in a pool where like you can get drinks and shit sent to you. We bought a we got one of the cabanas where you know you have like a waiter or like a waitress or whatever, and uh, and like you can order stuff from like the restaurants inside and they'll bring it out. That stuff that that stuff that like kind of almost like resort stuff was what I was uh, was what I was there for. But we didn't do like any other shows um, or uh, or anything like that. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I just, I, I feel that. Man, I dude, fucking Vegas with pachinko machines. Holy shit. I have heard, uh, I have, I read an article, I guess, um, that the, uh, I read, I read an article that like the, the gambling fuel for Vegas's kind of fire was drying up mostly because young people don't gamble, which I totally understand because I've, you know, I don't even think it's just me. I think it's very easy for just anyone who's played five minutes of any phone game ever, you know, to like understand the bad odds of gambling. And and like, once you do it as, you know, you do it a couple of times as a novelty, right? But you, you know, when you get 20 bucks out of every passerby, I don't think you're going to be actually yeah. fueling 
Um, especially, I think that's especially true with slot machines, and they they take up a lot of the floor space at casinos. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, um, but it would make sense. I think it would make a little bit of sense if they could, you know, add any game of like quote unquote, like air quotes, like skill uh, to it to try and even uh, yeah. to, like even that deficit up. Yeah. Well, pachinko isn't a game of skill. It's it's, it's a um, or what is this? Patchy slot, patchy slots, uh, the thing, which is, uh, yeah, that's, I, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Um, because I know in Japan, doesn't it, it has to be a game of skill, right? No, no. It just games of chance, I think have to be for like tokens or prizes, but then there's generally oh, right, like right, a right. store across the street that will buy your prize for you, prize from you from some price. So it's just kind of like a, like you have to go through an extra step to actually gamble. Right. Um, it's something weird like that. It is something weird like that. Yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm just, like, not a, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Vegas is uh, it's an interesting place. Um, uh, the first time I went to Vegas, I went there for a week, which was, like, oh, five man. days too long. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we actually, we might go do another kind of weekend in about five months, or six months, because apparently um, it's, like, super... Uh, it's super cheap to go get hotel. Once we kind of all got together and realized that the only thing that the thing that was most fun about Vegas was like hanging out in the hot tub and like talking about stuff. You know what I mean? Like we were just kind of like, well, you know, like I bet we could find some deal. And like the, there's the Excalibur, the Excalibur. Uh, oh, like I've been, I've, I've stayed the, I've stayed the Excalibur for, for EDC. It's, it's kind of crappy and it's way down the far end of the strip. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you can get you can get like this package thing, which is <clears throat> plane tickets to Vegas and three nights in the Excalibur for like four hundred bucks, right? Um, and and you know, so it, it so you're in the Excalibur and you also get tickets to their show with their like medieval times thing. Um, and you know, we were meeting up with all wild people, so like this was just like holy shit, this is perfect, right? Like go to Vegas, say the Excalibur, just like hang out in their fucking pool and then go see like Does the Excalibur you know. have a pool? That it's very old. It is it is I don't know. I, I Oof. It, if it didn't have a pool, I would be very furious because that was like the best part. We were actually like, dude, we should stay in the MGM Grand because the MGM Grand has one of the river pools, and I love those. Uh, um, I don't. I, I would. I would be careful about the Excalibur. It was. It was good for going to EDC, but I don't know if I'd stay at the Excalibur again. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, uh, Las Vegas is quite a place. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it didn't really have all that much to do uh, with uh, games, but yeah, I, you know. I've got a couple things to talk about. Um, okay, hit me. Um, I've been playing a new mobile game. It's called Balls with a Z. It's a very simple game. You launch balls at blocks with numbers on them, and you uh, each hit of the ball takes a number off the block, and the idea is to destroy all the blocks before okay. they hit the bottom. It's 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 fairly addicting, um, although there's an exploit where if you quit out of the game while, you're, while your shot is firing, because then you just fire all the balls at once that you have. Like, so part of the mechanic of the game is that Every time, uh, or there, there are power-ups that give you more balls that fire. Um, and so, like, essentially you end up getting, like, a line of balls equal to the num like the number of blocks, or, like, one less than the number, of than the number on the block in the top row. Um, okay. But if you, if you kind of quit out of the application before your st shot stops firing, it resets the shot. So if you fuck up the angle, you can just reset it. And so, like, I haven't lost since I figured, since somebody told me about that. 
Um, but it's still fun. It's entertaining. Um, but the bigger thing I wanted to talk about is I've been listening to this great podcast called Campaign. I know, oh, shit. very, very creative name, but it is yeah. <laughs> um, It is a bunch of, I think they're improvers in Chicago, playing a Star Wars Edge of the Empire campaign. Um, and I, I haven't, I, I've actually bought a, it inspired me to buy a copy of the rulebook, so I have it, but I haven't read it yet. Um, but um, it seems that the rules are slippery enough, or at least they're playing it kind of like loose enough mm-hmm. that it's very kind of cinematic and like... There are these moments that that they the the um the characters went into that I just kind of like fell in love with it. Like, I think that the best moment is uh so our two two of our smugglers um so so to just kind of set it up there are three three player characters. There's a clone from the Clone Wars who's kind of very gruff and serious. There's uh his name is Bacta. There's uh something Valentine. I forget what his la- his first name is, but he's kind of like almost like a he, like a surfer bro and mm. then there's um a rodian that wears a wig all the time that's kind of like goofy and overly sensitive um and so the 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 two the 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 two the two the rodian and, and and valentine are looking for a ship that they've that they that they picked up on like a scanner but they can't find it like they go to the area and they can't see it and so one of the characters looks at the other and says now we can either do this the slow and careful way or the fast and reckless way. Um, on three, let's say which way we prefer. And so uh, one, two, three, fast and reckless, and they both pull out blasters and just start shooting, and then they, it, it hits the ship. Like just like I'm obviously not doing a great job with it because I'm not um, super in character or anything, but it is so like they pl- they they play to all the pro- the pulpy tropes. It is so funny. I highly recommend it to uh, uh, to, to anybody, especially if you're a, a fan of Star Wars. Although I will say that um, the way it, this, this, the podcast dates back to 2014, so the their kind of intro thing was in they, they have another podcast called One Shot, and the characters mm-hmm. are based on a one shot adventure where they stole the plans to the Death Star. Um, so obviously that's not canon anymore. Uh, but uh, it's it's highly entertaining. I highly recommend it. Um. Yeah, you know that's funny. I I really like Star Wars, and I've played a lot of Star Wars. Um, uh, I've played a lot of Star Wars RPG stuff, and it always feels like it comes back to just like smugglers and shit. I don't know why. Uh, there's just something like super appealing about that kind of like almost like that Firefly setup. Um, a bunch of folks in their in their ship. Yeah, I, I also feel like kind of like you know. Being a Jedi is kind of seen as like the goody two shoes uh, deal, right? It's it's like why people don't want to play Alliance, uh, you know? Oh, like oh, who wants to? You know, who wants yeah, to play like a, a, a space weeb when you could be like a space weeb <laughs> when you could play uh, Han Solo instead? But I think, right. but part of this is uh, that um, uh, uh, Edge of the Empire is um. So the, the it's by Fantasy Flight Games, and there are three books. One is Edge of the Empire, which is Smugglers. One is Force and Destiny, which is for, um, for Jedi. And then there's another one that I can't remember the name of at the moment. That's for like troopers or whatever. I think it's for like the Heart of the Rebellion. Um, and you can mix and match the three books, mm-hmm. but they're designed to stand alone. So they are just playing out of the Edge of the Empire book. 
I, do, I have to say, I do like uh, uh, Fantasy Flight games. Fantasy, Fantasy Flight games are the guys that did Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, which I think is one of the... Oh, I remember uh, that. That was the I first admit. tabletop game I ever played. With you, with you, with oh, you I do DMing. remember that. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Amagabber yeah. and... Uh, I loved that game right up until that one guy showed up and, like, laughed about elves or something and made, like, a shitty comment about, like, mm, hold on, pretending to be elves. And I was like, fuck this. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm done. I don't give a fuck. Like, I was just so pissed. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy was uh, was uh, the, was someone who was the type of guy who would wear a, a scarf and a heavy jacket in the summer and always wore thick-rimmed glasses. Coming from, coming from, by the way, just to be fair, the guy who wears shorts in the winter, hey. all right? <laughs> so shorts in the winter is, is a typical nerd thing. I'm not a yeah. hipster. I'm not a hipster. Um. I really love Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. I love that D10 system. I love those D percentiles and everything. Um, I was all about. Uh, uh, I was all about um, the way that you randomized everything. I think that is such a compelling way to create characters for a D&D game, and I really want to do that more. Um, like random, randoming into your uh, like your starting profession, and then like working your way out from that. I thought that was just. Mm. Perfect. So fun. So good. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought like that. It feels like a, like the progression doesn't feel super like the progression, like D and D is very good at making like D and D proper is very good at making progression feel like, like when you level up, you feel like you've taken a step up in power. Whereas I think, mm -hmm. um, WFRP was less good about that, but that's okay for a different. W, w yeah, WFRP also had the kind of uh, the the thing where you didn't have like levels where you get got big steps in powers. It was more like a ramp. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you got some experience and then you spend that experience to get an extra plus five in something, right? Which is another system that I was also very much uh, uh, that I was also very much into, I guess. Um, and it's something like I kind of like the idea that instead of getting uh, you know, like instead of getting skill points or like waiting to, for the level up, you know what I mean? Um, that you get certain things I, uh, like over the course of it. It really, like, uh, uh, not Pathfinder, um, Shadowrun was very good about this. I feel. As much as I have problems with that system, right, I think its method of progression uh, was, was, very, was very nice and very cool when it came to buying short-term incremental uh, power-ups. Yeah, yeah that, make, that makes sense. Um. Yeah, but yeah, fun facts about um about this Star Wars game is uh, there are no official PDFs of it because apparently, um, their license apparently a standalone PDF is considered an electronic game and their license doesn't cover electronic games. Uh, Holy shit! So you have to buy a hard copy or pirate a PDF, um, which I think is hilarious but also very stupid. Um, I'm also surprised because Edge of the Empire, well, is Edge of the Empire, um, I feel like Edge of the Empire was afterwards, right? Like, it's relatively recent, or was it old? Edge of the Empire is 2014. Um, it, oh, okay, it is yeah, after yeah, Wizards lost the license. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, I wasn't sure about, like, all of that stuff with the... Uh, yeah, it, it's also not a D20 system, like... Like uh, you can go like like I'm I'm not super sure on it, but like there's like colored dice. I think the different colors in, in indicate like how good you are at something. Yeah, well, yeah. I made a comment the other day about how I don't like D6 systems, but really I'm talking about like AD and D. Um, 
I wasn't very into uh, and and dice pool systems in general. Um, uh, I like I like the one dice system that comes with a d twenty uh, that. Uh, yeah, so we've that has kind of been standardized under the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. So I so things that I, I like I said I haven't read the rules, so I'm not too sure. But it seems like the way that it works is that when you you roll uh when you roll the dice, they have like um success or failure symbols on them, and like if you get something that helps, you get another you get an extra die, and if you get something that's um that's a detriment, you get an an extra bad die. They have colors associated with them. Um, and part of the other thing is too is uh, that, that I that I think is neat is that not only do you roll successes success and failures but you also roll things that give you advantages and threats and so you could have like a roll that gives you that you fail the roll but you get as uh, you get an advantage so you get some like some periphery benefit um, and I think that's a kind of neat thing to kind of build things out um, also a mechanic that sounds really awesome is that uh, they get destiny points or force points or something but Every time th there are light side and dark side ones, and the GM uses a dark side, and the the players use the light side, but every time mm -hmm. either one uses one, it flips over into the other type. So, like if you okay. use a light side point, it flips over into a dark side point, and if the GM uses a dark side point, it flips over into a light side point. Oh, um, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. So there's always the same number of points in play, um, which I th like. Uh, it was kind of like the um when we played uh 7C, um. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I actually liked a lot about Star Wars, uh, the D20 system, was that um, light side and dark side were systemized, essentially, um, by kind of short-term, long-term advantages or whatever, right? Like, when you were low-level, dark side points were much stronger than light side points, but as you leveled up to, like, 15, 20 or whatever, all of a sudden, light side points were, like, like outpaced and were much stronger than dark side points. And I like that. Uh, and I like that setup because it definitely mirrors how like a young and inexperienced character could be very tempted to go with the dark side because of, um, because of how, you know, like how point for point powerful it is, even though it is not a, it is not a strategy that pays off in the long term, Right. It's one of those, it's one of those th things like mechanics as metaphor that I thought worked really well about that system. Yeah, it, it sounds very thematic. I've never played the uh, the the D twenty version of the system. Oh man, we really should. I haven't played Saga, which is uh, has very good reviews um, from like you know, like friend of the cast, Mark likes Saga a lot. He thinks Saga is a great system, stuff like that. Hmm. Well, we might have to check those out at some point. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, until then, I think that's all we have. Did you um, have anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, no, oh. I'm uh, I'm solid. I'm good. All right, then. If you want to email us, tell us what you think of uh, Star Wars RPGs or of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two or Las Vegas. You can email us at some derps play game talk about, or rather, some derps play games at gmail.com, twitch.tv slash some derps play games. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. All those places, leave us reviews on iTunes, on uh, comment on SoundCloud, do all those things. All the links will be in the description. Um, I think that's it, buddy. Do you have anything else you wanted to promote? Nope. Uh, in that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners.